that without a dad production. What about a talk show host? <laughs> talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. Someone even told me once they thought I'd be a good talk show host. Really? Yeah, a couple of people. <laughs> How do you get that, though? Where do you start? Well, that's where it gets tricky. You can't just walk into a building and say, I want to be a talk show host. I wouldn't think so. Hey, everybody, and welcome to L.A. Preneurs. That is L.A. Preneurs. This is a show dedicated to shine a light to entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs worldwide. My name is Jose de la Roca, and you can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Jose de la Roca or send me a tweet at Mr. Jose de la Roca. I am an entrepreneur myself. I wrote a book. I have a couple of podcasts. I've been an audio engineer for a long, long time. I've been in the audio industry for well, like 17 years, most of my life. So I decided to create this wonderful platform to shine a light to entrepreneurs uh, worldwide. So if anybody wants to be a part of this podcast, uh, you could send me an email. Hello at josedelaroca.com. Hello at josedelaroca.com. And today I have a wonderful guest. We have an interesting story about a lost book that we're still looking for it. Uh, but actually, I met her online, which is, oh, every time I say that, sounds so weird, but it is what it is. So <laughs> I have Amarina Carlton, and I hope I pronounce her uh, name right. I have an addiction. I have a, an accent, too. So I hope I pronounce her right. So welcome, Amarina. Hi. Yeah, you got it. Um, a lot of people don't, so that was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks um, for stopping by. And can you tell people a little bit about yourself, what you do, uh, how's your entrepreneurship, uh, a little bit about you? Yeah, um, I'm a writer. I am working on my first book. Um, and kind of on accident, I recently became a P the PR marketing lead for a indie publishing company that just started up a couple weeks ago. Um, but before that, I was on my own indie publishing venture. Um, I got, I became a, I was a journalist and a, uh, and I got my MBA in college and thought that I would never use it really. <laughs> but um, actually indie, indie writing is a business. Like you need a lot of business sense to get yourself out there and um, promote that and uh i connected with some other awesome ladies because right now ravens and uh roses is completely lady run at the moment but we're looking for some more people and not restricting it to just ladies um and we uh we actually just did our first pit mad and got 18 submissions so that was awesome um yeah but uh i hope to have my first book finished in the next couple of months, um, the editing for, on my part to hand it over to the editors. Um, yeah, so that's, yes. that's where I'm at. So you and I kind of met online and then uh, we do this. We are part of this kind of community on, on Twitter, which kind of like it's one of those things that I have like a love and hate and I just there to promote. And uh, I will go into details with you later on about my, my opinion about social media, which a lot of people already know. Um, but um, 
uh, I was promoting my book and you kind of mm-hmm. saw it and you said this is a great title, great book. And as always, anybody that kind of interacts with me in a different way from like uh, just, you know, the normal retweet or all that stuff, I tried to connect with them. So I said, if you want to uh, read the book, I have a couple copies and I will be gladly, I will, sh- you know, ship it to you. So if anybody also has a uh, um, wants uh, to have a copy of my book, you can send me an email, hello at josedadarroca.com, and I'll ship it to you. I'll sign it and everything, which I did to you. So I asked you for your address. You gave me uh, um, your address, and I told my girlfriend uh, to ship it for me because she works literally almost like two blocks from uh, Postal Service. And uh, that was it. She uh, shipped it, and I said, it's on the way. It should be there in a week or two. And I think uh, uh, we didn't keep in touch, like, we didn't we will see each other online stuff like that but we never like interacted anymore and like two months later you send me an email saying hey don't think i'm just haven't read your book or your book sucks who knows it probably does um uh uh, but i just want to tell you that i never got the book and i think uh this is this was like february that i sent it and you contact me like may and I'm thinking, wait, this thing said that it was going to be delivered like a week ago. And I'm like, wait, hold on. And, and then I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is two months. And uh, <laughs> I'm one of those, by the way, that I delete, I get rid of stuff. I If I see one email come in, I read it, delete it, or something like Texas, read it, delete it. I'm like OCD type. Oh, I, I keep everything clean. If somebody moves something two centimeters, I see it. And I had those spidey sense that weird people have it like me. So we do that. So I I, I was like, oh, no, I don't know if I have the, the receipt because I'm, one, you know, it's been two months. But I started looking for it. And somehow I had put it between two books, which it was uh, The Beastie Boys and Santana. And because uh, <laughs> that's where I put things that I think I may need later on. That's how weird I am. And I took it out and then I had the receipt and it had the tracking number and I sent you a picture and I said, hey, um, you know, here's the tracking number. And it's not that I'm lying, but I did ship it two months ago and you and I tracked it. And can, can you tell people what happened? Yeah, it was still at the post office in near you like it had never left. And um, so I opened a like query or whatever and i was like can you guys tell me what is going on like why is this book like trapped at the post office um and my local post office people called me and they're like i'm gonna keep an eye on it for you and like investigate this and finally she called and told me that this convoluted story about how the mail works and how it was which it said like first priority which sounds important to us but apparently is not high enough priority and like all the higher priority mail would get taken off and if the truck gets full then it won't ever like it won't leave until it has room and I'm like this is crazy what are you talking about I'm like and so I asked you like are y'all getting mail over there what is happening (laughs) and you were like yeah we, we get mail like all the time and um I did finally get a notice that it was in Tennessee, but I still have never seen it move again. 
like it's just the craziest thing (laughs) well first of all we we actually don't work there so we just uh, looking from far but let's just put it this way my book is i still remember the measurements i think it's like seven inches by uh four and it's only like a hundred pages and so it's a very thin kind of uh not paperback but well paperback book uh it's not hot cover uh cover and then um so if you think about it this is like what like it's been six months and united states postal service you cannot tell me you cannot deliver a book to uh louisiana tennessee uh new orleans uh i forgot uh, exactly where the address was but you cannot this is why can't you just say hey we lost it i don't know what the fuck it is yeah right yeah because i um i interact with a lot of people and like i interacted with this um, lady I know on Instagram and won six books and I received all of them. <laughs> so I think, uh, so in, for example, like during Christmas, I sent uh, uh, Christmas letters to people, not only here in California, but some people are in New York and Chicago and they get that. I'm not saying that it's the yeah. same, it's the same thickness. It's probably, but I do get, I do make one of those Costco cards that actually, you, I don't know if people know this, you cannot do that anymore here in California because Costco got rid of their their uh, pictures and printing uh, section here in California. But I will send, and they were big, there were those big Christmas cards and they will get them in like four days in New York. I will get a text in New York, Utah and Chicago. They will be like, hey, thanks for the car and blah, blah, blah. Within less than a week. So, I don't know, Mailman, just tell us you lost it, and then why don't I just go myself to the post office, and I'll send you another book, you know, it's, and, you know, the the worst is that first, I I thought I was like, oh, she's going to think I'm lying, I'm one of those, right, and then, now I'm thinking, it has built up to six months, and then you're going to read it, and you're going to be like, oh, this shit for this? (laughs) (laughs) No. <laughs> yeah well you know one day when my book is published i'll be sure to send you one and then <laughs> hopefully it won't happen like this <laughs> uh the way it works is probably you're going to yeah. publish your book you're going to do a world tour then you're going to come back you're ha- <laughs> going to have an extra copy you're going to send it to me and it will get here first that my book getting to you <laughs> Maybe <laughs> one day, like three years from now, that book will they'll find it under a something and send it to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, telling you. And, you know, yeah. like, um, but you see, that's what I like. I I just bought uh, and this is another monster that we're talking about, which is Amazon. I order a little tiny uh, uh, back of earrings because I have earrings. And then um, if you have earrings and if anybody has earrings, you know that. If you don't change them, they get dirty from the back. And I hate those metal ones that they have that little curb. So I decided to get those plastic ones that I just go in so they don't get dirty so quick. And the box was like, I mean, like an inch like wide and two inches long. And it came with like 200 of those. 
I got it in one day just for that little thing. So a little package came to my house in one day. Yeah. My book's been somewhere for six months. Yeah. Well, I mean, a, a counter to that, but then this was at the height of the pandemic. So this um, was probably like, that's when everyone was still figuring things out. We ordered needles um, for the sewing machine because we were trying to make a mask and it broke. And we ended up having to cancel the order because like it was going to take six months to get the needles to us <laughs> is what it said. I was like, well, at that time, we're like, hopefully we don't need these needles in six months. I think the only Little did we know because unfortunately you're like the one getting it right so you are the the receiving uh, part right so I think the only time I have had problems with uh, I guess the shipping was um, a couple of months ago I became an ambassador for Hairless Dog Brewing Company and uh, mm -hmm. uh, I actually been a fan. I, I've been drinking their beer for about two years when my son found it. It's a non-alcoholic craft beer. I've been sober for seven uh -huh. years already. So I started drinking their beer uh, a couple of years ago. And finally, I became an ambassador where, like, you know, if you put my code De La Roca, you get 10% off. So they were going to ship me uh, some stuff to start promoting more. So now I get, like, a, a case um, here every month, and I, uh, I actually don't have any beer. I'm supposed to be opening a beer here. But uh, um, the first <laughs> shipment, which was, I think, January, uh, it, do, it did take a little bit longer. They literally said, okay, it's going to be there. And then I got a notification saying that, unfortunately, because it, and this is FedEx, Uh, FedEx said, unfortunately, uh, there's, you know, the problems and blah, blah, blah. So they literally sent me, it's going to take two more weeks just to get there. It was coming from Minneapolis. But they did say that they were, it was stuck here. And it's unfortunately, we're, you know, doing the most we can. And I'm pretty sure they were dealing with the vaccines and stuff like that. But I think that was the only time throughout this pandemic um, that I had to deal with anything like this but uh my six month book i think i could have wrote three more books and then ship it to you <laughs> yeah i mean i i know several people that can write that fast i'm not one of them i'm i'm a slower person when it comes to writing so um, uh you actually went to school for journalism is that you are you saying you had a M mba Yeah, I have um, a bachelor's in journalism and a yeah, a MBA in business administration. Is what that oh, is. Okay. Um, yeah, I. What happened with that was I went, I got my first job, and it wasn't writing; it was in just page design, and that was not my jam, and I hated it. So I went back to school, <laughs> um, and because I was at that time, I was like. I want to like have a bookstore or something. Um, another thing that's unfortunately like print journalism kind of going out of the way of the, uh, you know, just going out of style. And um, there was this older guy there who has since passed, but like he was a very big inspiration in my life because I was like, yeah, but he's like, we'll do it. Open a bookstore. And I'm like, I can't just open a bookstore. I don't know anything about business. And he was like, well, why don't you go to business school then? I'm like, I can't. He's like, why? I'm like, uh, that's a good point. <laughs> and so um, my husband 
was still in school and we just like made it work. We, we figured out how to get me a job like at school and like, I just, um, and my focus was actually in entrepreneurship. So that was pretty neat. Do you like beer? I do. And now I can have great craft beer any time of the day. Thanks to my friends at Hairless Dog Brewing. Hairless Dog Brewing are the first domestic U.S. 0% ABV craft beer brand with truly alcohol-free products. That means you can have a great craft beer any time of the day. I usually have the Citra Lager for lunch or the coffee stout with my waffles. But most of my friends and family like the IPA. I quit drinking about five years ago and I always looked for great non-alcoholic beers. And I finally found them at Hairless Dog Brewing. So head over at drinkhairlessdog.com. That is drinkhairlessdog.com. And use my promo code, De La Roca, D-E-L-A-R-O-C-A, to receive 10% off your purchase. That is drinkhairlessdog.com. Promo code, De La Roca. Well, so, so you're 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 all around it, and I gotta tell I gotta be honest with you. Um, so I still um I was talking to my friend Carrie Jones, and then she's like, uh, you know, she has had all these books, and she is a New York Times bestseller, wonderful girl. And uh, the first time I had her on my podcast, or she had me on her podcast, I was literally telling her that I still don't feel myself being a writer and she was saying that I had like a writer syndrome or something like that where you put yourself down and every time I hear somebody that's a journalist or has like a like a school degree in like something that you need to be uh, super good with grammar and writing because I'm good at stories right I could create a story I have great stories my life has been crazy and I could come with great stories. I have great plots. I'm very creative. But when it comes to grammar and structure and writing, like as in like the actually making sense and things, I lack of that. I, I, I'm very honest because well, once I'm an immigrant, it shouldn't be an excuse, but, uh, you know, English is not my first language. I also write the way I speak. So every time I hear somebody has like a, I got to tell you, I feel always intimidated because I feel like your book is so much better and so much uh, like, you know, I wish I could be that. And, you know, because I'm doing so many, many other things, I, I don't focus on my, on my, you know, technical aspect of writing. And when I hear people writing like 50,000 words in one week, I'm like, well, well, good for you. But Jesus, I mean, so I'm a little intimidated at the moment. (laughs) Oh, I don't do that either um, because I was a journalist for so long. And that's a different skill set completely because you're writing very short things. It's almost all dialogue because they train you to let the source tell the story, you know. So that's something I've had to work on a lot because as critique partners read it, they're like, you got to have something between the dialogue. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, and I am trained um, in, like you said, grammar and, and such, but it's a different kind because people, a lot of people don't know that, but um, what you write novels in and papers in Journalists have their own style um, and 
they're trained to write to, I forget if it's a fourth or an eighth grade level, but it, it's, I think it's a fourth grade level so that anybody can read it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. That's cool. No it's wonder very I, different. No wonder I could understand them. <laughs> <laughs> that's great by the way and yeah, then right. uh, i mean going back to what you have accomplished congrats on you because you know you know people don't understand that we like we have lives right and then just to take on something else and interrupt your lives like people don't see our as an entrepreneur they only see kind of the finished product sometimes and then i was talking to my good friend uh keith he has a whole network of podcasts and stuff like that and he's doing it man this guy hustles but um and i've been hustling for a long time so i always tell him like if 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 i ever if i ever make it uh you know i don't want anybody to come back and be like oh you came you made it good on you know out of nowhere i've been struggling my whole life and i've been pushing so the same with you i mean to take on a new career and you know put the work and i uh, i don't know if your your daughter was born yet but i know you were you know you had to you know, have a job and get another career. So congrats on that. And that's what entrepreneurship is, right? It just it starts like a side hustle and then you give like two, three hours of your day on that and then you keep working until it's a finished product. So congrats on you. Thank you. Yeah, that's, um, and that's kind of how with like, with a toddler, it really is still kind of a side hustle. Like I do as much as I can, but um, she doesn't go to daycare or anything, so <laughs> I do it when she's napping or napping or asleep, you know, like when I can carve out that time. <laughs> and that that's just to show that anybody is listening that I always tell people, if I could do it, you could do it, right? Like, uh, I mean, I always try to share with people that, hey, if I was able to write a book, you could write a book. Uh, if I was able to start a podcast, you could start a podcast. If you don't know how, send me an email. It could help you out. Because I believe that the pie is so big, it's enough for everybody. I hate when, like, people get all like, oh, you know, you think you're this. And I'm like, well, I work hard. And if I'm, I had to learn how to love myself to start promoting myself so I could make a living, right? Because at the end of the day, we, you know, we're trying to do what we like and still make a, a buck or two, right? It's like side hustles here everywhere. And even though I call it a hustle, it's an entrepreneurship because, You're doing something that you love and, you know, getting paid. I'm doing something that I love and I get paid. And I still have two normal jobs that I do. And all this that I do is kind of a side hustle, but it helps in so many ways. Like my other podcast, I call it my therapy, right? Here, I'm just showing to people that if I was able to write a book, start a podcast, get into voiceover, start acting with this weird face that I have, so can anybody, right? And that's the whole point about this podcast, Shine a Light just like you did. You just went to school and started a new uh, career and you were a journalist, which for me, that's pretty amazing. And now you're starting a new career too, right? Yeah, I am. Um, and writing, journalism was kind of like, for me, and I really enjoyed it, but I've wanted to be a writer since I was a baby, basically. <laughs> like as soon as I could hold a pen pick pencil, I started writing funny little stories and um journalism was just the way that I was like oh I could write and pay the bills <laughs> um <laughs> although like newspapers 
no one told me when I was in school, hey, newspapers are pretty much dying right now. <laughs> but, you know, um, which, I mean, if you, a lot of people successfully freelance with journalism. I just didn't, I didn't have the, like, that wasn't what I wanted to do. I'm like, look, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be doing that, I'm just gonna write my own stuff. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna go after my own dreams. Trust that me, I'm... I really wanted to go after. <laughs> I feel in oh. so many ways because, um, well, I stumbled into radio because uh, my friend was working at, there, and then I became part of a syndicated morning show. So I started so high, and then I went so low. And then, you know, I stay in the business that radio is dying, you know, just like taxis. Right. So the Internet helped and killed so many industries and the same with um, journalism, kind of. Right. Because now Twitter. Right. Anybody could be a journalist. Right. Uh, and then. Yeah. Uh, and so I feel you when you say you were in a, you were in an industry that is dying because radio is the same thing. You know, we have Spotify, we have apple uh, music we have podcasting so all that stuff because radio didn't didn't advance the way all this is advancing now it's it's basically dying so i feel you with that so tell us can you tell us a little bit about the book or is it not um i yeah i can say a little bit um it is i call i say it's romance for lack of a better uh terminology <laughs> um because it's very much social commentary um, it deals with a young woman. Um, she's 17 at the start of the book, um, but she has already been entangled in a an affair with her youth pastor. Um, and so the book is dealing with all of that. Um, and, you know, obviously a few years back, it became, that was in the news a lot. Um, and this is set in the South where I'm from, because I come from small town places where this <laughs> sort of thing was happening. Um, I actually have a personal connection a little bit with my, um, I say a little bit, but my, uh, one of my best friends in high school ended up married to a guy who it turned out he, he was one of our youth pastors. He was, we all thought he was amazing. We loved him. And it turned out like he's in jail for pretty much the rest of his life because he was um, messing with all the like 12 year olds. So it was, uh, you know, it was devastating for them and it was devastating for all of us who lo loved him and thought he was a good person. And, um, and that's not exactly what the book is about, but you know, it, it's kind of related to that. Wow. So, that's pretty, uh, pretty it's strong, <laughs> strong, very strong. Yeah. And can you also like um, uh, tell us about your new adventure with the publishing company? Yeah. Um, so Ravens and Roses is a new indie publishing company. It's ravensandrosespublishing.com. And um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram also. Um, I, so that was kind of, kind of like you said, kind of inc incident, like, I don't know, both of us seem to have a lot of incidental situations. But um, one day on uh, Twitter, I saw someone advertising a writing Discord, and I went because my husband's a gamer, so he's all in Discord, and I'm like, sure, I'll look at the writing Discord. <laughs> and um, this was, um, I don't know if, I mean, somebody, she's pretty popular, Rashmi Menon. Um, she, Confessions of a Writeaholic, 
is her kind of thing. And she ran like a, and she still does, like she does editing and stuff for people. And that was her discord. And um, at the time the discord was kind of, kind of quiet, but not a lot going on. And uh, she asked for some volunteers and I helped do the social media, like trying to help promote it. And then um, she got all of us that were admins involved with her publishing company that she wanted to get started. And it focuses on um, inclusive and diverse storytelling. Um, really trying to get um, own voices and um, LGBTQIA and, you know, just diverse stories out there. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's always it's one of those things that I always, uh, uh, you know, you start a little business and then you get the right people and you do it. So that's pretty amazing. Congrats on that. Um, yeah, I, I always uh, I was talking to a friend of mine and then I told her, I'm like, you should start like your own publishing company because nowadays that's how everything starts. Right. Like you disrupt the, right. the, the big publishing companies like the the only way they w the way I thought about my book was I took a risk and I said, well, I'm not going to submit it to big time uh, publishing companies or anything like that because uh, first of all, I didn't think it was good. And then I just said, well, if I'm going to do it my way and own it, uh, I'm just going to write it. Uh, me, I'm going to do everything because that's, that's how I think. I being always a doer, I just... I don't wait for people to tell me how to do it. I figure it out myself and I do everything. But uh, I just did it. And, you know, of course, because one thing that I lack of uh, is marketing skills. And I've been learning little by little. I still make mistakes. I still do uh, try too much or I need to focus on one thing. And I'm just all over the place. Or But I've been learning. I Now I know you got to play the game. You got to so many <laughs> things that... Uh, that goes with social media but you know unfortunately I also had a couple things that I didn't want to do like when I wrote my book is basically how I became the dad that I never had uh, and then I knew it was not going to be as popular as in sending it to a big publishing company that has all this money but I will only get like 10% royalties or stuff like that so I decided to do yeah. it myself it did it do well of course and another thing that kind of hurt me because that's how social media the world works is because every time i would when i started promoting it uh people were asking me about my private life about my my son and my girlfriend they were like how come you don't put him on instagram how did how come you don't make him do this and things like that and i'm very private like i'm i always tell people i'm the monkey uh jumping up and down uh that is going to pay attention, uh, bring attention to what I'm doing, but I'm not going to use my son or my girlfriend likeness or whatever they are to promote things that I'm doing because I just feel that that's not right in the way I think. And believe it or not, I think that hurt me a lot because, you know, you see on social media, a lot of people, you, you know, having their kids and basically they're the stars and that's why they have all that and that's how they promote things. But I was the other way. So, I started out, my book doesn't do well. I have another book about podcasting that does better than the other one. But I'm just learning. But like you said, you know, you guys are doing a, a great publishing company. The best thing is that you uh, you guys started and you are guys are running it. And, you know, you're part of something now that hopefully it gets big, right? Yeah, hopefully. Um, I 
I know exactly where you're coming from, though. Like, because I've been, like I said, I've been writing since I was very young. And, like, I have notebooks filled with story ideas and things like that. And I, so, because back then, self-publishing wasn't a thing. So I had this, like, feeling in my heart that I had to go for traditional publishing. But, like, now it's it's so, it's not that thing. And, like, like you said, like, you look into it and it's like, what are they giving me exactly that I need to get traditionally published, you know? Like, they're taking all of the money. Like, if you're not a big name, they're not going to give you that much up front. If you, apparently they don't do much marketing unless you're a big name anymore. Like, I'm like, why do I need to get traditionally published exactly by the big names? Like, this is looking less and less like a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so until I got involved with Ravens and Roses, I was 100% like, I'm just going to self-publish because there's very little positive, except for the, there's definitely a divide where like there are people who will look at you and be like, oh, you're self-pub, you know, they're like, you must not be good enough. Like, and so, like you said, that, that hurts my feelings a little bit still like, oh, they look at you and say, you're indie published, you're self-published, you're not good enough. But I I agree. Like, it's like, well, my story should stand on its own. I don't need just because I didn't get the stamp of approval from one of the big names doesn't mean anything. The the way I always tell people and and I always want to share this this thought is that um, uh, entrepreneurship could take you somewhere. And there's so many entrepreneurs doing big things the way i see it me personally is that i wrote a book start a podcast uh i do this this and that i do so many things and i also have my job that it you know i do it in the mornings and afternoons and things like that but if my podcast uh if the dad podcast is not like because i take too much pride of how it sounds how it's produced i have bets i have this now i have uh you know um i'm promoting things and getting like twenty dollars back a week or something just to pay for whatever i put in all this and things like that but i always tell people that if just one person listens to my podcast i'm happy if just one person reads my book i'm happy and the thing that it kind of threw me off is that uh through no it threw me off in a good way is that this worked a couple months ago so i i wrote my book the how to be a dad without the dad book that is still in the mail for you uh yeah (laughs) yeah i wrote that in 2018 and it's basically my story only took me two months to write it and then it was published in three in three months and then finally i decided to spend all this money to get it like uh 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 grammar proof and I guess they didn't do a good job either because that's, that's another reason that I didn't, like, uh, read proof by an expert because they were going to charge me, like, $3,000. And I was like, I don't have that much money. But I, I published it, and it didn't do well. I think, overall, I have sold, like, 35 copies, like, in nine years. And you know how, uh, as a self-published indie writer, the beginning is all your friends and family, right? Your friends and family are going to buy it and be like, all right, let me buy it. Sure, here you go, seven bucks whatever blah 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 um so that was it that was myself for such a long time and then 
it went like a year and a half without sales. I wasn't really promoting it. And th that's when I started that Twitter account. And I just played the game of follow, not follow, all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm fed up with that thing. So I just do one thing and try to get followers. But people get mad. And social media is such a game and stuff like that. But then yeah. one day, um, I got a email saying that uh, uh, somebody had written a review of my book. And I was like, what? I forgot that you could have reviews on your book, right? This is how long <laughs> nobody had bought my book or anything had happened. And then I went on Amazon and, your, you know, KDP, and then I read the v review and I'm looking at the person and I'm like, who is this? Like, I'm, I'm expecting like a friend of mine bought my book again. Mm. And it was a lady and she was wonderful and she read it and she put this amazing uh, uh, review, five stars, and she told how great the book was and how it made her feel well and i'm thinking to myself i made it i'm yeah. okay i'm and then i told her look i don't know you and my 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 fear was always that because i'm latino and i write the way i speak that it was probably hard for somebody and uh, uh, you're typical american suburban per, uh, person to pick it up and kind of don't understand my story because the way i speak and everything but she understood she liked it she read it and she paid for it and i was like it took two years but that's it i did it i made it somebody just picked yeah. up my book who was a lovely lady who I'm sure she has better grammar than I do. And she reads, you know, has to probably read better in a way that I write. But she understood my story. She liked it. It made her feel something. She gave me a review out of nowhere. And she gave me five stars. So when I saw that, I was like, I did it. I made it. My work is done. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually a very similar feeling I have. Like, if one person that I don't know enjoys my book if it impacts them that's my my feeling because you know i have writers that i've read their book and it just impacted me in such a way and i'm like if i could do that then that is you know that's my goal like to to make someone feel something you know to help them in some way and you know i have i have um and you know we can we connected because your dad without a dad And I was like, oh, wow, this this touches my heart because I'm a mom without a mom, you know, because my mom passed away when my baby was three months old. Um, I don't know if you remember that that was the story. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. And so I saw that and it just like touched me. I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah. And that's when you um, were like, hey, I can sing you my book. And um, and that just touched my heart, like um, because it is such a it is hard to go through parenthood without that guidance, um, you know? And like, even if you have, even if you had a complicated relationship with your parent, because I, I don't know if your dad passed away or if, you know, what the situation was, but I mean, I had a complicated relationship with my mom, but at the same time, not having her here is hard. <laughs> like. You know, because sometimes it's like you want to ask, did I do this when I was a baby? Like, or different things, you know, and um, 
And it's just like people who haven't lost a parent don't don't understand. Like they, yeah. they're very sympathetic, but they don't really understand. <laughs> yeah, my dad was. Uh, he still lives. He's in Guatemala. Uh, um, I, you know, I came when I was 16, so I had 16 years over there. And uh, I think I saw him a couple times, you know, uh, I still, uh, uh, people who listen to my old podcast know that there was some, something weird. So whenever I went there, I will never sleep with him. I will sleep with my grandma. Uh, he was not very, I don't think he was ready to be a dad. And he, I don't think he was ready to even have relationships, right? Uh, uh, he didn't know how to. I'm pretty sure he didn't have a relationship with his dad too, right? Uh, he was an alcoholic, but he quit before uh, uh, when I was four. So it's not like he was an alcoholic uh, during my time that I saw him or everything. But let's just say that uh, I had to learn like how to talk to girls by myself. I had to learn how right. to uh, kick the ball, catch a ball, throw a ball. I never, I never uh, saw, uh, hey, uh, you want to go play this or you want to go to the movies i never saw and let's just say what if my mom kind of pushed that out and then i was in a bubble but that's unfortunately i don't know that right and if it happened then that's for my mom to tell me but i never saw him fight for me either like i never saw be like oh i want to yeah. see him you know it's my kid so he was he lives i had his last name yeah. uh he was just not there and then Like the times I was with him, uh, I think when I was having a panic attack right here in, in the United States and uh, it was one of those weird moments in my mind, whatever I was going through, I literally kind of called him and I said, do you have this? And he's like, oh, yeah. And then I said, and then in my state, I told him, hey, how come you never said I love you? And he says, well, you should know that. And I was like, what? Okay. And then yeah. I think I called them an, another time and I said, hey, my, uh, I had never asked him for anything. Literally nothing. And nothing. He never gave my mom anything. He, Anyways, I asked him, hey, now that you are engineer and now you're better, do you think you could send me some like 500 bucks because I need to buy a new computer and I'm very in a bad time right now? He said no. So I was like, all right, man. Cool. Thanks. Uh, so it's like, what for, right? Like, I really don't, yeah. it's not like he hit me. No, it's not like he, uh, uh, he was just not there. So what's the point, right? Yeah. So now that I'm a dad, I'm trying to be the opposite. Too much there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. you know, we, I'm just trying to be the best that as I can. And that's why I protect myself from social media. I try to, you mm -hmm. know do all this for him and things like that but yeah like just not having a role model and somebody to tell you hey it's to the left not to the right it's kind of hard right yeah oh yeah um i actually my husband has a similar situation his dad was there but not there you know emotionally um and then my dad my dad was physically not there um he left when I was three months old and then um, he passed away when I was 12 and I never met him. Um, and then, uh, but 
I was blessed with a wonderful stepdad when I was seven, who is my dad. <laughs> um, but I will say that my mom passing away gave us a, a wonderful opportunity to get closer. Um, I guess silver lining. Like I would, I would, I would take my mom back in a second. But that you know, that grief brought us closer. You know, um, so I guess I guess everything does have a silver lining. <laughs> Uh, one thing that I want to say that after doing my other podcast for three years and getting to know more people, same story as you, your husband, myself, uh, we become good dads or good parents. So I just yeah. want to say to your little girl, if she ever listens to this, you have wonderful parents because the way I see it <laughs> is like people like us who, for some reason, their parents, mom, dad, whatever, were never there. We're hurt for life, and we just don't want to be like them, so we do the opposite. So we become really yeah. good parents. So congratulations <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> we definitely strive for that, so I hope hope she feels that way too. <laughs> Are you looking for gift ideas for Father's Day? Well, how about some delicious and healthy peanut snacks? Let me tell you about Peanut Crunch. These baked peanuts puffs are so delicious, my son and I cannot stop eating them. Seriously, we cannot stop. Peanut Crunch are a delicious and healthy peanut treat. They have the power of vegan peanut protein, rice, beans, and a wonderful crunch that keeps active kids and adults on the go. I came across Peanut Crunch when I was watching Shark Tank, and I just decided to help out a fellow Central American entrepreneur and buy his product. So I decided to get it, and when I got them, I found out how delicious these baked peanut puffs were, and I became hooked ever since. Go check them out at peanut.com. That is P-N-U-F-F.com. P-N-U-F-F.com. And use my promo code, De La Roca, and you will get 10% off your order. I'm telling you guys, I cannot stop eating this great baked peanut puffs. Peanut Crunch, P N U F F dot com. That is P N U F F dot com. Promo code De La Roca. Uh, before we go, uh, we like to give a shout out to your publishing company and your uh, Twitter handle and stuff like that, where people uh, where could okay. people find you? And then, because uh, we're looking for that book. Yeah. Um. So the publishing company is Ravens and Roses Publishing and you can find that Ravens and Roses Roses ah, sorry and com, and the Twitter is Ravens and Roses 1 um, and then mine is all Amarina Carlton amarinacarlton.com Amarina Carlton on Twitter and Amarina Carlton on Instagram and make sure that uh, check out the the show description and i'll put some links right there marina thank you very much and i think the way i see it i'm just going to send you another book and uh let's see which one gets there faster and then <laughs> yeah. the, the other one you could send it back or you know have two copies of my wonderful book i hear that my book yeah. it's a really nice coaster so there you go <laughs> well, maybe I will find someone else who's in a similar situation as us and who needs it. I mean, I do have a friend who lost her dad recently, so, you know, mm. might uh, might help her. <laughs> and like always, um, you know, part of my book is to show that if I was able to 
quit drinking. So can you. If I was able to start a podcast, so can you. All entrepreneurs right here, we're going to show you that it is possible. All you had to have is dedication. My name is Jose, Jose de la Roca, and you were listening to LApreneurs. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. Thanks for having me. Or you be left